try this again. We, uh, boy, it's amazing what kind of technical things happen when you're trying to do something uh, spiritual. There's all kinds of battles that take place in this. So, anyway, let me uh, catch up with us here. Got a few things I want to share with you this morning. Um, again, you know, we're, we're in a new month. We're winding down the summer. The chaos level of our world is still relatively high. Um, the unknowns are still extremely high, and um, just been a been a very difficult time for a lot of people. And I know there's a lot of anxiety, and there's a lot of um, a lot of fear, um, a lot of depression. Um, matter of fact, I think there's a statistic going on right now that says that our our young people's suicide rate is actually higher than the COVID death rate right now. Uh, it's sad. Because there's such an unknown, there's such a uh, such a chaos that's going on in our world, and the enemy's taking advantage of that. the The only thing that I know to offer is the fact that there is hope. You know, there there is hope, even in the midst of chaos. Uh, there is a there is an anchor. There is something that we can hold fast to. That's not going to change. It's not going to move. Uh, it might not always provide the answers we want to see, but it will allow us to hold fast in this time of trouble. Um, a few good mornings there. Good morning, guys. Uh, I want to I want to jump in here. I, I, I never have a whole lot of time. We our church starts at ten forty five, and we're you know five or ten minutes away. It's not too bad, but I, I got to try to keep myself short so we can get out of here and get to church. So, um, Psalms chapter fifty is where we're headed. I titled this message this morning. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? <clears throat> I want to set the stage. Um, the, the people of God in Psalms 50, as, as we're seeing this unfold, people got to found themselves wearing a label, uh, but maybe not truly being followers. They're they're they found going through the motions, but their hearts aren't in it. They they've sinned against God, and their, their prophet of God has come and the Lord and um, from the Lord to bring a warning. And this warning even speaks of the outgoing uh, of the ceremonial law. And maybe the introduction of a way of spiritual worship that is to come. So there's a, there's a lot of things packed into this chapter 50. But I'm going to jump right in here and we're going to do the whole thing. It's, it's not huge. But chapter 50, starting with verse 1, it says, The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where he, the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches, but He's not silent. Fire devours everything in his way, and a great storm rages around him. He calls on the heavens above and the earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Man, I, I get an image of that when when I when I read stuff like this. You know, even you go all the way back to where Moses is on the mountain, and and he's he's wanting to see the glory of God, and the people that are down at the bottom of the mountain, all they see is smoke covering the top of this mountain, and lightning flashes, and they're thinking, "Oh, Moses has done been fried up there somewhere," because that's just too much storm on top of that mountain. But you, you see the description here in Psalm. He approaches and he's not silent. There's a roar that comes with our God. The, the fire devours everything in its way. And a great storm rages around him. Man, it's, it's, he is the creator of everything we know. Everything we know. The power that comes with that. I think we need to understand that maybe it's not even fathomable for us to understand the power that would come with God's presence in this place. Bring my people, my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. It goes on to say, Oh, my people, listen as I speak. 
Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or burnt offerings that you constantly offer. Let's see, in that time frame, there was a ritualistic, if you will, um, a, a form of sacrificing for different things. There were different animals, different things meant different stuff, different sacrifices for different problems or different sins. And, and there was a, a ritualistic or a, a, a culturalistic thing, if you will, that um, that this was honoring God, and God allowed it. It's, it's how it was set up. It's how it was created from the beginning. But he's, he's saying <clears throat> he didn't have anything against the format. He doesn't have anything against the fact that you're doing what you're called to do. You're doing what, what he's laid out before you. You're following the rules, I guess, is how you could put that. But I do not, he goes on to say, but I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on it on the mountain, and all the animals in the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls, and do I drink the blood of goats? So God, you know, what God's laying out here is you're, you're following the rules, you're doing what was required of you, but do you really think I need these things? It's not about that you're bringing something to God because he needs it. He doesn't need it. It was a ritual rule. It was the way it was meant to be. It was how you were supposed to approach God. So he's recognizing that, but he's wanting us to see something else here. He doesn't need our sacrifice there. He doesn't need the bull. He doesn't need the goat. He doesn't need the dove. What, he, what he's looking for is the heart in the matter. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you're in trouble and I will rescue you and I will give you and I will give me and it will give me glory. It's, it's that, I use this principle a lot, it's an if you will, I will. If we make thankfulness our sacrifice to God, and if we keep our vows made to him, then when we call on him and we're in trouble, he'll hear us. He'll come and rescue us, and we'll give, it'll give him glory. But God says to the wicked, why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? Oof. Now think about this for a minute. I hear a lot of people who utilize the word prayer. We're going to pray for you. I'll pray for you. But there's a man, there's a there's a part of that in there that, that I struggle with because the only prayer that God hears from the unrighteous is a prayer of repentance. You can ask him to heal your dog all you want to. If you're not one of his, that's not a that's not a request he's going to hear. He's only going to hear the request of the repentant heart. But, he, but this, this is kind of what we said. But, but God says to the wicked, Why are you bothering reciting my decrees and pretending by my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. I throw a little story in here to kind of bring us some relevance. The old cowboy, he was punching cows, and he's out on the mountains. Say, let's say he's in Wyoming somewhere, and he's vast amount of ground out there, and he's huge ranches, and he is way out in the far back end of this ranch. And the winter storm's boiling in, and man, it's looking ugly, and things are getting cold, and he's trying to hurry. Maybe he's patching a little fence, and he, he finally this starts to snow, and it's it's dropping down. The temperatures are dropping, the sunlight's going away. It's getting dark. That's not a good place to be when you're in a cold climate. 
uh, overnight in a cold climate in a mountainous region uh, can really bring death in a hurry. And he hustles back to his old pickup and he jumps in that old truck and tries to start, it won't start. He tries to start, it won't start. So he calls out to God. He says, God, you got to start my truck or I'm going to die. Well, the story comes around and here this old cowboy is standing before the Lord in heaven. The cowboy says, God, I, I called out to you. I asked you to start my truck to save my life. Why didn't you answer me? And God says, oh, that was you? Man, I hadn't heard from you in so long. I didn't recognize your voice. He said, I started a Ford over there in Montana. Get the point? If we don't talk to God very often, he might not recognize our voice. Our relationship needs to be a little tight. I'll throw that in for free. That really wasn't part of the story. For, he goes on to say, For you refuse my discipline, and you treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them, and you spend your time with adulterers. Man, we could look at that today with what's going on in our culture and our societies today. With you know, we, we look at thieves and we approve of them. Your mouth is filled with wickedness, and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. While you did all of this, I remained silent, and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. This passage goes on to say, Repent, all of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart, and no one will help you. It's a strong word. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Part of the job of a prophet is to tear down those things that are not right, to point out what's wrong, to, 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 to point out what is what is upsetting and what is not of God. But it's not to leave it in ruin. The, the true role of a prophet is to build that back up. You tear down what's wrong, you build back what's right. And that's just what he's done here. He's tore down, he's, he's labeled everything that's wrong, everything that we're doing against God, everything that we're doing selfishly, and then he builds it right back to the end. Repent, all you who forget me, and I will, or I will tear you apart. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. And if you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the, the reveal you the salvation of God. There's a lot of stuff piled into that passage of scripture. I'd encourage you to go back and read Psalms 50 and really study it out and find out where you stand in the midst of that. But look at how it goes on into chapter 51. And just a side note, Psalms 50, um, some of the biblical historians believe that was actually not written by David, but by Asaph, um, who was a, a, one of the musicians uh, of David's time. So utilized by the prophet, listening to the prophet of God, hearing that prophet of God, and, and pinning the words to the psalm or the song, if you will. Um, but check it out what it says in chapter 51, which David did write. He goes on. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to pull some nuggets out of there. David, being a man after God's own heart, he's pleading with God for forgiveness and a right standing once again. Okay, that's We kind of see this as David's ploy here. So starting with verse 10, chapter 51, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal, a, a right or steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will turn to you. 
Verse 16 through 17 says this, You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. And one of the things I want to point out with just that little tidbit right there, that little nugget, I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. When you come before the Lord with a broken spirit, with a brokenness inside of you, realizing that, man, you can't keep doing this stuff on your own. You're falling. You're failing. But when you come before him broken, truly repentant, sorrowful, that, that repentance means that, that I am sorry enough for where I've been or what I've done to turn away from it, to, to turn my back on what's wrong in my life and pursue what's right. That's what the word repentance really means, to turn away from so if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to turn away from those things in your life, God's right there waiting for you, and he'll restore you. Look at how David sets the stage and how he deliberately aligns his request and his pleading through all of this. This is in chapter 51. He confesses his sin. Rule number one, God knows us. He, he knows where we stand. We're not fooling him. We might fool people around us, but we're not fooling him. But he knows us, so we have to confess our sin to him. Even though he already knows we're a mess, and that confession from our mouth um, puts us in the perspective. It, it, it literally shows that we're willing to lay our trespasses against the Lord before him, lay them at his feet. He prays earnestly for the pardon of his sin. God, forgive me. Man, don't, don't, don't take things away from me. Don't, don't take your salvation from me. Don't... don't don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He prays for peace of his conscience. You know, there's a lot of us that, you know, we've been in some bad places. Maybe we've done some really bad things. Maybe some bad things have happened to us. We've sought the Lord, and, 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 and we truly do want to live for him. But this nagging conscious stuff, this stuff that we feel so guilty, we feel unworthy, we're not worthy of him. But by his grace... By his grace, we're saved. By his grace, we're made whole. It, it's, it's through his grace that we, that we can come to him. And, and that's what David's trying to say here. It's that, you know, God, give me peace in my conscience that you truly do forgive me. He prays for grace to go and sin no more. God, I need grace is, is, is um, strength under control, if you will. It's, it's, it's literally, I guess that's mercy, but you know, this, this grace is this, this power to sin no more. God, help me. Am, am I capable of sinning after I give my life to Christ? Absolutely. It's a choice. It's a choice every day. We don't have to. The Bible clearly states we don't have to sin. When God revealed that to me, it really messed me up because it, it made me realize that when I do fail, it's all on me. It's my fault. Because God actually says that he'll provide a way out for me if I'll choose it. So he's praying for grace to sin no more. He prays for liberty to access, for the access to God. There, there's this liberty that we have that we can go before the king. We can go before God Almighty. And, and, and he's not going to strike us dead. He's not going to strike us with a bolt of lightning. He, he's going to cover us in his grace. He's going he's to reveal to us who he is. You know, taking it back to Moses on the mountain. Moses just wanted to see God. He said, I, I want to see you. God says, you can't look on me. It, it, you'd, you'd be dust. You'd burn up. You can't see my glory. But what he did was he, he puts 
puts Moses in the crevice of a rock. The Bible describes he places his hand over Moses as he passes by him. That goes on to talk about when Moses came off that mountain, he was glowing. That you think about that. Moses was in the fire of God, in that mountain of fire, in that mountain of smoke, in that storm, in the very presence of the God Almighty who created him and created the heavens and the earth. And he wanted to seem, but being that close to God, he came out of there glowing. Whew, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that, that to me is awesome. That access to God. He goes on to pray. He promises to do what he could for the good of the souls of others. And we're all called to that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Live your life according to the word of God in front of others. Lead them unto me. Make, make followers of them because of your lifestyle. Because of who you are in him. And even for the glory of God. Live your life for the glory of God as you lead others. And lastly, he concludes with a prayer uh, for Zion in Jerusalem. To, to, I mean, he literally just pours out his heart over over uh, Jerusalem, you know, for God's holy city. Now, listen, folks, we're we're living in a time where we need to evaluate our stand with God, our our relationship, if you will. Um, we're simply going through the motions of our faith. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of us who we do the right things. Just like it talks about in chapter 50. We do the right things. We're, we're following all the, the rules. We're, we're, you know, we're going through the motions. That's not what God's looking for. He's not looking for the motions. Are we merely doing the things we're supposed to do, yet we lack the right standing with God? Be, being in that, that steadfast, that right standing, being loyal to Him? Have, have we allowed the garbage of this world to stain our hearts? Are, are the words and, and the actions that come from us truly what God desires from us? You know, there's an old adage, garbage in, garbage out. If, if we allow ourselves to sit in this garbage and take this garbage of this world in, oftentimes it's that garbage that's going to come out of us. And it's not going to be any benefit to us or to God. He needs us pure of heart. He needs us in a right standing with him so that he can use us to reach those out there that don't know. We still have that opportunity and we still have that obligation. Repent. Ask forgiveness to be restored. Ask for a renewed spirit, just like David did, a renewed spirit and, and, and the grace to go and sin no more. God, thank you for allowing us access to you. The Bible says there is coming a time when we will look for you we won't be able to find you. Lord, we, it, that we find you now while we can. That's, that's my prayer today, that, God, we find you now while we can. Listen, guys, I, you know, I grew up in this stuff. Um, my dad was a deacon. My mom was a church secretary for many years. Uh, my stepdad's been a deacon and a leader in the church. And um, I, I've, I've not ever not had opportunity to be in the presence of God. But I squandered that opportunity most of my life. It, 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 it came to a point in my life where I was destitute. I shouldn't have been, but I was. I knew where my answers were. I just had chosen not to not to follow those. And, and it nearly cost me everything. But in that moment, 
I came to a realization of I know where my answers are and I know where my hope is. I, I gave my life to Christ that night in the midst of probably the darkest time of my, my whole life. Did it solve all my problems? Nah. Did, did, it, did it fix everything around me to where my life has just been peaches and cream ever since? No. No, I've walked through some of the hardest times of my life since that moment. It's not a proving ground. It's life. I hear people quote scripture all the time and they misquote so much of it. Because that scripture is there for us. It's there to build us up. It's there to teach us. It's there to rebuke us. It's there to correct us. It's there to slap us in the head sometimes. We need the word of God complete in order to be who he's called us to be. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you say, oh, I couldn't do what you're doing. I couldn't stand in front of group people. I couldn't preach. You know, I couldn't, I don't know how to do that. I don't either. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not very good at this. And if it wasn't for the Spirit of God in me, I, I couldn't do this. Because this isn't who I am. Who I am this morning would rather be sitting on my front porch drinking coffee and hoping people leave me alone today. That's who I really am. But I can't. Because this fire that's burning inside of me has to come out. I have to share what God puts in me or I'm miserable. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. But what I'm telling you today is you have an opportunity. God is still in a place where he can be found. There's coming a time, and I believe it's closer than it's ever been in my lifetime. There's coming a time when we're going to look for him and he's not going to be found. This That's going to be a very dark time on this earth. And man, we are... We're close. We may think things are bad now, but they're going to get worse. Which side of the fence are you going to be on when this all happens? I don't want to. I don't want to paint some distraught picture. I don't want to scare you into coming to Christ. But I'm telling you, He is our hope. He is our peace. He is our joy. There is nothing else in this world that can offer what He has for us. Nothing. Money can't buy it. I actually just this just this season, we chase hail, so we consider things seasonal. Just this season, my son was working for a very well-known dealership. Uh, guy has dealerships all over Oklahoma, Texas. Wealthy, obviously, man of money, um, owning all these different dealerships. He took his own life this season. Why? Money's not going to solve your problem. Riches aren't going to get you there. Fame's not going to get you there. Just being a good dude ain't going to get you there. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't, in a living, breathing, real relationship with Jesus Christ, you have no hope. He is our hope. How do you get it? Simple. You repent. You ask God to forgive you your sin. You ask him to come into your life, to fill you with his Holy Spirit, and to lead you on the path that he wants you to go on. Then you find good, solid people. You find someone you can talk to. You find a church that's a Bible-believing, God-fearing church. And you get involved where you're getting the word of God in you every day, every moment. Get in his word yourself. If you don't understand it, ask someone. Ask someone that knows. <laughs> It's doable. 
God's looking for you today. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Is it in the palm of his hand? Or is it still scattered over this world? I want to challenge you today to search your heart. Find who you are in him. And if you're not where you should be, fix it. I'll help you if I can. Contact me. Love to, love to pray with you, help you any way you can. I get calls frequently. Um, I talk to people all the time. It's, it's, it's what I do. So uh, I would love to be there for you if I can be. God bless you guys. Man, I hope you have an incredible Sunday. Find a church. Find a place of worship. Uh, go and join others in worshiping our God. Uh, find that peace. Find that hope in such a hopeless time. God bless you guys. Stay safe out there. Any questions, find us. Look us up on, on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. There's giving links on there if you want to support us. We do appreciate all the support we get. Podcasts, uh, all these messages go out on our podcast platforms. There's nine or so of them. Uh, you can find us out there under Living Loud Outdoors. Um, find us, join us, listen to these again. There's a backlog of stuff I've done over the years uh, that we've put on there. So there's a lot of messages on there. There's a lot of video teaching that's on the, the website. Uh, there's a series in there that I did. It was a 10-week series. So there, there's lots of places where you can find uh, the words that I do. But don't just take my word for it. Get in there and find it yourself. Amen. God bless you guys. Enjoy your day. We'll see you again real soon.